Up. It's warming up. Okay, come on, Joe. You're gonna have to do jazz hands all over again. All right, let's do this. Let's Fresh do jazz yeah. hands. Yeah, there you go. Fresh jazz hands. There you go. Ghost tactical doing the jazz hands. 13C gun reviews. We are live once again. Take two. <laughs> take two of uh, podcast number two fifty four. Thinking laws won't affect you. Hank Strange, who moved my freedom. Here we are again. We're giving this another run. I don't know what happened. Uh, let us know if we're switching, guys. Go ahead and talk. Let's see what's up here. All right. How uh, how's it looking? I don't know. I I, I just I saw you, but I don't know if it's switching to the people. Trey, how's it? Be inside the hangout, but I don't know what's going on out there. So. Yeah. So, folks, let us know if it's uh, switching gonna, for you and everything. If it's all normal now. <laughs> I mean, okay. The comments yeah. here. And awesome. <laughs> so Being we'll give. Good. We'll give everyone a chance out there, all the people out there, a chance to find us. We'll just start this all over again. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I think it looks like it's switching out there. You getting the same comments, Trey? Yep. Uh, it looks like it's going good. And, and awesome. like I said, we did, We just might as well use that last one as the pre-chat for Joe, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Let's. Uh, yeah. That was pre-chat, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, so we're back, and uh, the subject is, is, of course, thinking that laws won't affect you. We'll get into that. We're giving everyone a chance to jump on. We've got Ghost Tactical, Trey from Ghost Tacticals here with us. There he goes. What What's up? going on? Tell me. Awesome. Um, also, we've got Joe from 13C Gun Reviews. There he goes. Hey. He's in here with us. You guys, please hit the thumbs ups, okay? Hit the thumbs ups once yes. again. I know we're asking you to do it twice. Smash the thumbs Take them out wherever you got them warming and, and stick them all the way up in the air, in the air this time. There you go. And of course, uh, shout out to Osprey Defense, uh, who's sponsoring specifically this podcast. The makers of the Ops 416, which is an adjustable gas piston system. So you can upgrade your, your direct impingement to piston. And it's adjustable. So if you put a suppressor on there, you don't have to mess around with stuff and wind up blowing up your gun. So, you know, shout out to those guys for being here. Of course, shout out to Ghost Tactical and 13C. Let's see. Looks like we're getting a bunch of people back in there. Okay, so awesome. Hit the thumbs ups. Uh, should we go through here and do shout outs to people and then get into our conversation? <laughs> do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Psycho316. If you guys see folks out there while I'm doing the shout out, or if any one of you see, because I am all, I scrolled all the way back up to the top. So if you see someone that you know or you recognize, let me know. Um, or you see a comment or something, let me know. Psycho316, E-Rock, William Hoffman's here, Christopher Williams, Boss Hog, Imposter, SoCal Gunner, Chris Osborne, Pug Mama. Pug Mama says howdy. Shout out to Pug Mama, DCG 44s, Ridge Runner, um, Flopping Garbage, RTS Guy, The Archangel. RTS Guy says, I'm here now. You can start the show. <laughs> Good to go. Uh, Richard Hughes also here. Chad N. Uh, let's see who else we got. Bricks is also in the house. Care Bear on the Holiday Road. <laughs> um, let's see. Says, so still waiting on the video. Is my stream messed up on my end? I don't know. Let us know, Care Bear, on the Holiday Road if you're getting if you're getting a good stream now. James Lawson, Rob Avis, uh, let's see, Rabbit zero three one seven also here. Uh, let's see who else we got. Who else we got? Jade Grew, Mancar TV, and uh, Ray Bazolo, Simpson Road, Larry, the Archangel. 
William Hoffman, Chris Bullis, Pixamite, Music Lover is back, Moobutt is back, Clover Tack says back again, and it works now, but I see, but I still see dead people. Yeah, he's, he's a ghost. It's okay. It he's just a little gone. Yeah, the only thing that's going to fix Clover Tack. He has to fell out of his truck, so I mean, what, what, what can <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because I know it. Friends, so it's all good <laughs> that was a good one that was a good one he's gonna get you for that I'm like a full inch taller than he is so I'm, I'm a monster compared to him you know yeah Lola's taller than no I mean that's it <laughs> let me not just make it worse <laughs> huh? she's taller than I am probably I'm only five oh no Lola is like four two or yes. something like that yeah yeah she doesn't. She doesn't claim it. She thinks she's five <laughs> foot tall. But okay. Uh, let's see. Kyle Lusk is here as well. Um, who else we got? Led Zepp. Uh, Led Zepp fan seventy two. Also in here, and uh, I think I said Boss Hog, John Gilliam, D Sapol, Stealth Hunter one thousand, Joshua Levy, Digital Prophet four D eighty three. Nice. Marco, huh? Say what's that digital profit? That's Marco. Just saying, what's up to Marco? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Shout out to Marco there. Uh, coffee and guns and ammo astronomy says, let's do it again just for fun. John Gillian, Roland Alexander, um, CB also in Rodney Brady, Randy Peacock. I shoot my AK naked. Mike Bryant, uh, he says, Osprey defense question mark. Yeah, Osprey Defense. Um, so Osprey Defense is one of the people sponsoring the show, the podcast specifically. So, and we're going to do some stuff with them. I think I explained that, but if I didn't, um, this basically Osprey Defense has a kit. Take a look at that inside. You know, it's a kit that turns your direct impingement into uh, piston driven. So, what can I say? You know, piston driven is badass. In my opinion, I don't know. People out there might have different opinions. It kind of looks like a muffler if you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but kind of looks like a muffler there. And this is like self-adjusting. So you don't need to like adjust anything yourself. It's going to do it all internally. So if you go from um, shooting suppressed or, or not suppressed or whatever, either way, it will adjust itself. So we'll be testing that um, soonish. So... Okay, are we still switching? Is everything still switching, guys? You guys there? I'm here. Uh, oh, it looks yeah. like I said, it looks fine yeah. to me. Let me, let me look over here live real quick and yeah, and see if I can see what's going on out there. Yeah, just let us know what's going on. Uh, let me see. We got a bunch of people in here. If um, the gun snob, I see Wolfstone Hinge, Music yeah, Lover, like Mika. Okay, still switching. Okay, because I just got a message from Tyvin Show. So I don't know. Tyvin might be on the time delay or something like that. He might be in the last one. He might not know we stopped it and started a new one. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> that's possible. We might have to go back in and delete that other one. Lola, if you're listening, <laughs> go back and delete the other one. <laughs> and uh, Psycho316 says the stream is Gucci, Hank. <laughs> so cool. Um, 
And Care Bear on the Holiday Road wants to know if that kit works for 308 or just 223. Um, I think this is 223 right now. I think they're working on other things and it's carbine length. Uh, I'm going to get more details for you guys on that pretty soon. Uh, Walter and I are going to do some extensive testing to this, um, including we're planning on testing it like full auto and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we'll get all that going. So we got lots of reports of it's working perfectly. I see Crackbot out there, Imposter, all those kind of people. Um, if anyone needs a specific shout out, let us know and we'll shout you out. So what's up with you guys? Nobody. No one talk. Uh, I got nothing. I uh, just trying to, you know, work every day and do some YouTube stuff and get some podcasts and shows and videos out there. But, you know, just living the gun life, man. Yeah. Feeding the monster. Feeding the monster. Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it's that's what that's what I refer to it as. <laughs> yeah. You do things you don't even celebrate. You do it. You put it out there. You move on. Next thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we were talking about before, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but we were talking about um, being subscribed and how that whole thing works. Um, I don't know if anyone has any questions or whatever about it, but you know, you've got to subscribe, you've got to ring the bell and all those kinds of things, but you actually have to watch the shows. So honestly, if you're not going to watch, if you're not interested in that person, don't waste your time subscribing. Cause if you don't look at the, if you don't look at stuff from whatever channel it is, YouTube isn't going to show it to you anyway. Um, and then Joe was mentioning that he's seeing that stuff goes up two weeks later and that's deliberate on YouTube's part. So your audience that subscribed to you, YouTube doesn't notify them until two weeks later. Okay. So unless if you could be subscribed to someone, but if you don't watch their stuff on a regular basis, what happens is YouTube won't tell you about it until weeks later. So that's just that little bit of information. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, were, we were kind of talking when you had to jump off for the test run last, the last previous stream, Joe and I were talking about, you know, that first hour or two of a video going live is, is critical to the trending and the suggestion of that video. And if they're waiting two weeks to send notifications at it, sometimes, you know, that's really hurting the first hour or two where they decide if that video is worth pushing out. So if you get a notification, if you're lucky to get a notification, whether you have time to watch that video at that time or not, just click on that notification, sit there for 10 seconds and then come back to it later, but at least click that notification because that sends the message to YouTube that you're watching and you care enough to click that notification. Okay. Yeah. I, and I think what's happening is just remember that they turned everything upside down. So all the rule, the old rules are out. Yeah. And there's new rules. So you've got to figure out what the new rules are and then adapt to that would be my advice. So one of the things is that, yeah, it used to be that what happened in the beginning was extremely important. And I'm not saying that it isn't, because if you put up a video and they notice that a lot of people are watching it, then they're going to go, oh, there's something going on with this. And they may float it up to the top. But then it depends on how many levels of filters it has to go through. And if you're doing um, gun things, Second Amendment stuff like us, you're probably going to have to go through a whole bunch of filters before that anyway. Right. So and then obviously they have their more direct partners and all that that they deal with that they promote first. So it's a whole completely different thing. I think the thing to do is your core audience, if they're, if they're subscribed to you and then they click that notification and then at the same time they are watching your stuff on a regular basis, they will get notified and they will know about it. 
But then everyone else that's a casual person, they subscribe to you, but you know, they look at a bunch of different things. They'll find out about it two weeks later. You might just want to put that in your brain and calculate that into what you do. Like you might want to wait until two weeks later to do your big push. So you might want to put the video up, wait until two weeks later and then do a big push of it, you know, um, and, and revisit it. So were you going to say something there, Joe? Sorry. Um, no, basically the same thing. Uh, it looks like Archangel is saying, um, uh, and the thing he gets all of his notifications from Ghost Tactical, and he said that I had a video go live earlier today, and uh, he said he got that today within minutes of posting. So that's good news. Um, and maybe, like you said, you know, if people are being very interactive with it, they, um, you know, they're, they're going to see it sooner than others. Maybe people who don't click on them right away see them two weeks later. Um, but I do have a bunch of people who are, you know, allegedly <laughs> frequent watchers who are saying that they don't see uh, my stuff usually until two weeks later, but. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what, what else do I have going on? Well, I had the video go live today on the uh, CMMG Mutant. Um, and I've had a couple of videos up on it. This one's more, um, uh, you know, an actual question about gaming. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, in the game PUBG, they added a mutant to it, a CMMG Mutant, a few, uh, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I had gotten questions about it because um, some previous videos and stuff. So I figured I'd actually just do a video talking about, you know, real life versus game differences in the rifle. So Okay, cool. That's it. We'll see how it goes. Something a little different. Try it, you mm-hmm. know, try it out and see, you know, if people are into it, cool. If not, um, you know, that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where let me see, where would the the CMMG mutant okay, cool. So if anyone here, you know what? Maybe I'll share this with folks. Cause I'm gonna I'm going there right now and letting it play in the background while we're doing what we're doing, but I'll just share it with everyone here. So you guys can go check out Joe's video, give it a thumbs up and all that here. I'll put it in the chat so you can check that out as well, Trey. You can get to it faster. There you go. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, and you know, if you guys, if you guys let it run or something like that now in the background, it's all good. You know, um, we've got to try to, we've got to try to support each other and at the same time, figure out how, how all this stuff is changing. And, um, you know, I've been telling people it's changed and there's a whole new different way. And you've got to think about what that way is and then try to adjust to that. You know, so that's why you see that there's more people doing live videos. There's more people um, posting more and doing a whole bunch of different things because, you know, everyone's trying to figure out exactly how this whole thing is uh, shaking out. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think there it's interesting. I've already subbed to Joe, and I never got a notification about this video. That just proves it right there. Yeah. And then, you know, listen, if you put out a lot of videos, uh, the thing is, is that people won't watch. It depends on how they're looking. So now it's going from, instead of being based on you as the as the content creator, it's based on who the person is and what they're looking at right now. So if for some reason they've been looking at uh, movie trailers or something like that, right? And they're mm-hmm. looking at a lot of movie trailers lately, it's going to serve the, the algorithm for YouTube is going to serve them movie trailers and other things. So things that you might have done will get buried a little bit and then they miss that. And they don't really, they don't really see it until two weeks later. That's kind of the whole thing that's, that's going on now, unless they were just there and they were like, let's see what 13C gun reviews has. Mm-hmm. you know 
So um, that maybe one of the things there is to try to get out what well, you post a video, you get out there and you talk to your audience like, hey, I posted this thing. If you can't, you know, go look for it or ch check it out through your browser or something like that. And then that would help get you back into um, kind of like their radar according to that algorithm a little bit better. So uh, music lover says YouTube is getting ready for the big purge. Yeah. Um, I think that has a lot to do with politics. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. I, I, I think it'd be probably, uh, much, much worse if, uh, you know, depending on who was, who was sitting in the white house necessarily. And I only say that because with someone being able to control the bully, bu bully pulpit and actually get the information out there to people, I think that's what stops it. Cause I mean, you know, YouTube, while YouTube and Google may have, their own leaning agendas, whichever way, you know, it is on whatever particular topic it is. They're, they're also business people. So uh, I, I think they're trying to walk that fine line to impose their will on others without making it so blatant and so obvious to the general public mm -hmm. um, that there's not a huge backlash. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's the line they're currently walking. I think that's why they're handling it like they are. Yeah. What do you think about that, Trey? Um. I would tend to agree with that. I think that, um, you know, when you talk politics, you're talking about it's, it's a game and it's a game of charades. And I think that everything's being played right now to take away from the real problems and put them on something because it's election year, it's midterm elections. And so it's more of campaign lines and campaign trends right now. But uh, people need to be really, really skeptical about what's being put out there because they're going to start trying to push some stuff without letting you know what's in it. And that, it's just a scary time right now. And if you're comfortable, watch out because uh, things can get flipped upside down really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. And we're talking about two things here. There's the actual politics, the voting and stuff like that going on. We're approaching the end of the year. There's that. And then there's what social media is trying to do to push everyone in a specific direction or what the media in general is trying to do. Uh, we can't control the media. We do have a little bit of influence over social media, but then they're they're affecting us. They've got all these uh, uh, gates and checkpoints and stuff like that that we have to go through uh before we do anything. And I think what Joe was saying is that if they have the right political cover in terms of people in the White House and people in Congress, then they would just totally ban us all together and no one's gonna miss us because no one will be out there. The media won't say, oh, YouTube or social media just deplatformed all these people that they don't like their voices. And then politicians won't say it either. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, and you're talking about you know the social media and all of that where the politics come into it is they're only going to these platforms, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, they're only going to try to push. And we talked about this earlier. They're only going to push agendas that they want to push. And so it, they, they may not be censoring us, but they're definitely throttling us, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think so. And, yeah. and, and they're saying it. They're saying that they're going to use what they have to affect everything that's going on. I think the overall conversation that we wanted to have here tonight was there's lots of people out there who feel like, um, you know, these laws and things like that going on, it doesn't affect them, doesn't have anything to do with them. They don't need to worry about it. And I think that that's a problem. You've got all of this stuff is going to affect you. 
you know, and if you think that you'll be able to get away and, and it's not going to do anything to you because you're somehow grandfathered in or whatever it is, uh, that's just, that's not true. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and, and it really doesn't matter what it is or what example you want to look at, uh, you know, from across the country of how these things roll out. I mean, I know everybody likes to point to California because it's easy. Um, I mean, look at how California went from, all right, you can still have them, but you have to register this. You got to do this, you got to do that. And then they just outright ban it after they already have you registered. They know what you're going to do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's obviously just one prime easy example we can come up with of those mm -hmm. incremental steps of people saying, well, at least I have mine. Mm -hmm. Without, you know, looking further down the road and then realizing that they limit it to just the people who own it at this exact moment. The more the more it goes down the line, the fewer there are people there are to stand up later on. And yeah. if, you don't, if you don't stand up for everyone now, no one's going to stand up for you later because there won't be anybody left. And there's lots of there's lots of subtle nuances in the laws that these mm -hmm. guys are putting into effect. So if you think that you have something now and this law does not affect you retroactively or you're somehow grandfathered in, not true. They figured that out a long time ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Just look at all the different ATF rulings and decisions that come down over the years. Uh, that they find to tie in with some other regulation that's been on the books for 20, 30, 40 years. And now 20, 30, 40 years later, they are, you know, somebody down there is like, oh, well, we could do this. And then they do it. Um, so, I mean, you know, and, and we, we had this happen recently with the, uh, you know, the, the, the bump stock ban um, and, and, you know, what's, what's currently in the pipeline at the federal level. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, bump stocks are stupid. You know, I don't own one. Who cares? Well, However you feel about bump stocks, you have to understand that it's an incrementalist approach. And, and, you know, now, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I've crested over that, uh, over that mid, uh, mid point as far as being here. And, um, I look at it, I'm like, you know, all these things all the way down the line, it's all builds, it all builds. And, um, we have, we, we can't be complacent and we can't say just because I don't own this or I don't own that, that, uh, you know, we, we should just throw it under the bus all that same logic and reasoning uh, and, and precedent that they're setting for a bump stock, which I don't even own one. I honestly do think they're kind of silly, uh, but I do have binary triggers. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's how they operate. It's their, it's, it's what they do. Yeah. So in that vein, in that vein, if you look in the uh, chat in our internal chat here, here, I'll throw it up so these guys can um, see it and, in the uh, external chat as well. Um, here's this article, and this isn't the truth about guns. It was actually written by Luis Valdez, a friend. He's sometimes in the chat. He's been here on the show. He's um, he's run for uh, for a seat on the board of the NRA and all that kind of stuff. And he's writing for Truth About Guns. It says, gun control advances because we are our own worst enemies. And um, so if you go through this article, it says, over on AR15.com, one of the largest gun forums, discussions about all things ballistic, are a dime a dozen as our arguments. One of the hottest concern is whether Floridians should back Rick Scott in his race for a U.S. Senate seat. After all, he's the one who signed SB 7026 into law, betraying Florida gun owners in the name of political expediency. As a result, come October 1st, bump stocks and other firearms accessories will be outlawed and possession of them will be a third degree felony. The sad fact is many gun owners will be just fine with that because as AR15.com member uh, Reef Raider, I don't know who Reef Raider is, maybe someone does out there, uh, put it, the law doesn't affect him. 
Yeah, and I and, hear that a lot. Yeah. And exactly. he goes on here and, and, and cites a whole bunch of different things like this. People think these laws don't affect them. What? <laughs> you know, and that's the problem. Like, first of all, they're calling it bump stocks. It's not, it's not, like you said, you don't really care for bump stocks, but guess what? There are things that exist that allow maybe other things to exist and exactly. other things may come into play and it gives people choices they're not, it's not a machine gun. So now we're in a situation where on a local state level, uh, Florida is, is banning bump stocks. I know they're trying to do this on a federal level. So the bump stocks will be illegal, but machine guns illegal. You think that's going to keep going? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, obviously machine guns are regulated and all that kind of stuff, but they're saying no, no regulation of this at all. Yeah. It's just, it's just completely gone. And yeah. I, I, I don't want to rehash what we said before, well, you know, what we said on previous uh you know, uh, shows about this, but you know, the, all the language in, in the, like the federal one, for example, all the language in there, it's a multi, it's what I'm yeah. trying to remember. It's like 20 pages, the federal, uh, ATF uh, letter. Right. Right. And you get halfway through down there. I read the entire thing and I pointed out on the show, I'll point it out again. And halfway down there in the verbiage that's in there, they specifically mention that under these standards, three gun triggers, they use that phrase, three gun triggers. And two stage later on, they talk about two stage triggers may also be rate increasing devices. I mean, it's right in there. Now you tell me what gun owner out there doesn't doesn't own a trigger that isn't marketed as either at least one that isn't marketed as either three gun or two stage trigger, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you take those two, you are probably encompassing what ninety percent of the people who own ARs if they own more than one AR probably have either a two stage trigger or. Um, or something that could be considered a three-gun trigger. So this is, I mean, it is a massive evil thing. And like, it's not that I don't like bump stocks. It's just, they're kind of silly. I've never really been a big fan. I don't want to see them outlawed either before, during, after, in any way, shape, or form, period. Yeah, but and also what they that, do can be easily mimicked without exactly. any devices. Even if, not into it, even if you don't care, you look at the verbiage on the, of, of the federal full 20, I forget what it was, 22 pages, whatever it was, it's in there. And I tell people like, oh, well, I'm like, look, look, this page halfway down. And, you know, we cited it before I held it up. I showed it on my phone to the camera. It's in there. It's, it's I'm not making it up. Feel free to read it yourself. And well, you're the NRA is going to do the same damn thing on this that they've done before. After all these other things, the NRA is going to come out once this uh, thing goes through. It's, it's known as a comment period, but whatever review period, I forget the technical term it's in right now, this limbo stage it's in. If, if it finally does come. And they're going to say the same thing and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, we need so much money to be able to fight this because, oh, no, they're trying to apply it to this now. We told you, the lawyers told you, everybody told you, even Adam Kraut, you know, who they won't even let on the board of directors, who's probably one of the best firearms lawyers out there right now. Doesn't matter. ATF, eight, eight people at the ATF, um, agents uh, in the tech division said it could be applied that way, too. But, you know, we, it's just, just people, stocks, people want to put their heads in the sand. Fire. You know, you're talking rate of fire and the problem with when you start talking about regulating rate of fire, mm -hmm. and I've talked about this numerous times, how can you regulate something when there's no baseline rate of fire and there's no way to manage and regulate a baseline rate of fire. Yeah. But the way that the ATF put in the comment in, in the in the page was any device that 
changes the rate of fire. So they're talking about bump stock, but they're trying to slide in rate of fire, but there's no baseline of rate of fire. And so that's where this, this slippery slope comes in is if you get a bump stock regulated by the ATF, what's next? And the, the conspiracy theorists out there are going to sit there and say it is all semi-autos. And that very well could be. But the, the biggest problem you're having is rate of fire. You're talking about regulating something that it's impossible to regulate. And yeah. that's what's scary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're taking basically a hundred what's defined. Um, there has been a clear cut definition in federal law for what, 100 years at least of the difference between semi-automatic and fully automatic. There was one definition, one single definition defined semi-automatic versus automatic. It was very clear cut, very cut and dry. Now, I may be against that law itself, but at least it was clear cut and cut and dry. There was no real gray area there. Right. It's either one or the other under this 20 some odd page document that 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 they drafted it altering the rate of fire. It also said in there that it also addressed the fact of what the old version of what a machine gun was. And they said and they left it open to and I'm I don't want to misquote the exact verbiage, but the verbiage was very similar to um, there. What there previously there was one definition of what of what a semi-automatic versus fully automatic was. Now there are multiple definitions that could be used. And it was a verbiage similar to that, not word for word, but very similar to that. That was the gist of the paragraph. So basically they're completely redefining what semi-automatic and fully automatic is. To, yeah. to, and they left the door open for other definitions as well. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like... It's the it's progressive so creep. It's the progressive creep of where this is going to go. Yeah. That's the big issue here that we all have to think about. I'm going to let you say what you have to say here in a second, Trey. By the way, so we're talking about on a federal level, on a state level here in Florida, a law was put into, was was uh, signed by Governor Rick Scott that's now running for the Senate, okay, who I refuse to vote for, all right? I am not going to vote for him because he put in, he's responsible, him him and other Republicans here in the state of Florida are solely responsible for putting the most draconian gun control in effect in Florida in forever. And everyone is kind of like glossing over it like it never happened. And so for that reason, I'm going to read the uh, this particular law that went into effect, S, uh, SB uh, 7026, that relates to this. Um, it's 790.222. Bump fire stocks prohibited. A person may not import into the state or transfer, distribute, sell, keep for sale, offer for sale, possess, or give to another person a bump fire stock, period. Okay. A person who violates this section commits a felony of the third degree punishable as provided in, in, you know, this penal code as used in this section. The term bump fire stock means a conversion kit, a tool, an accessory, or a device used to alter the rate of fire of a firearm to mimic um, automatic weapon fire or which is used to increase the rate of fire to a faster rate than is possible for a person to fire such a semi-automatic firearm unassisted by a kit, a tool, an accessory, or device. Now, now the, the the key thing is there. There's going to be the people who hear bump stock and tune out, and that's what they hear. What you need to do is look at what the definition of a bump stock is, right? Now, I could – this is a carbon monoxide detector. I could say 
uh, I've got, I forgot where I was going to go with that. Anyway, technically this is a carbon monoxide detector, but I could say that it's a tulip. And under this paragraph, all tulips are designed to detect carbon monoxide. So if it detects carbon monoxide, it's a tulip, right? It, it, it's that kind of, in the law, I, I, I know it's a little curious, but basically a word, words and a word and, and or words combination of words only mean what they're defined to mean in a particular statute, right? So like uh, if you're talking about taxes, right? The word taxpayer in the tax code. You then go look up what a taxpayer is. And there's all these definitions of U.S. person, uh, person of non-U.S. origin. There's like 50 different things that can describe that main word of what a taxpayer is. Just mm -hmm. like here we have bump stock. Bump stock is not just a stock. Yeah, it's, it's the whole device. umbrella of, yeah. It's all everything. this other stuff that fits in under what they define that term or word to mean. Just like uh, if you rent a house, um, the, the lessee, or if you're leasing a house, let's say the lessee would be, you know, Hank. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the lessee means Hank and Lola. Not just one person. It could mean two people. It, 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 it's legal verbiage, and I know I'm not putting this 100% this, putting this right, but I'm not a lawyer. So Yeah. You know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Trey. Oh, no. What, what I was going to say is the problem you're having is these words that are written for these bills and these laws are written by lawyers. And every single word in every bill that is written is written with intent. And the intent is to write something to where the casual reader doesn't care. I'm kind of like Joe. I don't own a bump stock. I don't plan on owning a bump stock, but I'll be damned if someone tells me that I can't if I want to. But they're going to make it about the bump stock. And it, like you said, they're going to stop right there. But the way these bills are written are to leave extremely big floodgates open in the back door to where we've got them here. And later on, without them even knowing we've left the, the door wide open to go after rate of fire issues now. And you're talking my rate of fire and how quickly I can pull my trigger versus yours and Joe's are completely different. So how, once again, how are we going to establish a baseline rate of fire, but that they don't care about a baseline rate of fire. They're talking about semi-auto being banned and it sounds bad, but that could be the back door. This bump, this bump stock thing is going to be written in a way I guarantee it. If it goes through the ATF, it'll be written through a way that it will backdoor other legislation a year, six months, three years down the road. And that's what the problem is. And you're talking about why does it matter? Because here's the thing. I'm in Arkansas. What happens in Florida seemingly doesn't matter to me. If you guys are going to do a bump stock ban in Florida, I'm sorry. That sucks for you guys. But it doesn't affect me, right? No, it does. Because what's going to happen is the second that a Democrat or an anti-gun, I don't want to say Democrats, I'm tired of hearing little Democrats and liberals, there are anti-gun people within the Republican and the conservative ranks, so yes. understand that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but someone who is anti-gun and gets in office, and they see what's happening in Florida and in these different places that are passing some of these idiotic laws, well, they're going to start saying, well, if we can get it there, then maybe we can get it here. So it does affect you. You need to make yeah. sure, especially these midterm elections, that you're continuously supporting people that are not going to be anti-gun. Because what happens in Florida could happen in your backyard. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. So 
I think Florida is a good study for this because unfortunately this happened here, happened very quickly. It's it was um, it was pushed forward by Republicans who could have killed it in committee. Um, they pushed it forward. They voted for it. The um, the governor signed it and then announced he was running for Senate. So now that's law and uh, different parts of it have already gone into effect. We haven't had the conversation about um, if you're if you're under 21 years old, you can't buy any gun. You cannot buy a shotgun. You cannot buy a rifle. You cannot buy a handgun. And there's a whole bunch of other things that they've put into effect here in this. The part that's going into effect in October is this that we're talking about. And if you if you go back over what they're saying, you know, um, just the language of it, it's a felony third degree felony, which is going to affect what you can do anywhere else in this country when that happens to you. Right. And then they're saying saying that the term bump fire stock, they are not. So they're putting quote the term quote bump fire stock means that is it's not just a bump fire stock. Then they're saying it means a conversion kit. OK, a tool, an accessory or a device. So they're covering everything that is used to alter the rate of fire of a firearm to mimic automatic weapon fire or which is used to increase the rate of fire to a faster rate than is possible for a person to fire such a semi-automatic firearm unassisted by a kit, a tool, an accessory or a device. They're covering everything in this. Huh? Yeah, I know it's a joke out there. People say it all the time, but it's somewhat true. Are they going to ban Jerry Mikulik's finger? Because that dude can pull a trigger faster than most bump stocks. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy can pull a trigger. And we're talking rate of fire here. Yeah. Yeah. What well, what's going to be so? So that's the question. What's going to be the baseline? What's going to be the baseline of this whole thing? And when I spoke to the guys who put the this is the problem with this and people not caring. When I spoke to the Republicans that put this into effect, they were like, listen, no one's even going to use this. You know, it's up to the attorney general to to prosecute cases and this and all that. So let me tell you what happens if people don't care about this and they don't get out there and they don't vote. OK, if this thing is not overturned by being unconstitutional, it should be unconstitutional because it's not it's saying that you can't possess this. So you have to destroy magically into the ether. If you have anything like this, it has to disappear. It's not saying just for rifles, by the way, guys. So if you've changed the trigger, if you've changed the rate of fire of your handgun, of anything, you've got a problem. And that has to now disappear. OK, not exist anymore. And you're not going to be compensated, which is against the Florida Constitution. So in this next ballot, there's people actually trying to change the Constitution so that it's not illegal to take your property away from you. But let's say let's say you don't care about this. You don't go out there and vote. And then there's a bunch of Democrats in there and there's a Democratic governor and the uh, the attorney general's Democrat. All they have to do is sit outside of a three gun match, a two gun match. Right. Any person they pull over, they can go, did you did you um, change the rate of fire of this thing? That could be a reason. And people say, oh, that's never going to happen. Well, if you've ever been pulled over, there's always a they, they, they have to have probable cause. Right. They have to find a reason to pull you over. So when when they put laws in effect, they use it. It doesn't matter if you think it's silly or whatever. They can use that against you to go. I think you I think you changed before you could have been found with this firearm. Totally fine. Okay, you could have followed all laws that you thought existed. Hey, it's locked up. It's over there. It's over here. I have a permit for it. And then someone could go, you know what? I think you changed the rate of fire of that thing. 
you know, that's that's this is what I'm saying that you're dealing with. The the uh, the guy running the socialist running for governor here in Florida says he's going to do more. It's going to be gun control. They're going to take they're going to get rid of these things. So when you put laws in effect, what makes you think these people won't use those laws? As well as add to it, as we're saying here, it matters. It affects everyone. You cannot think that someone putting in laws for specifically a bump stock is not going to affect you. It's going to affect you if you're a gun guy. Okay. At some point, they've got to come to us and go, well, this is what we think the rate of fire should be. No firearm should be able to fire more than this many times every 10 seconds or 20 seconds or or a minute, whatever the hell it is they want to put in there. Then what? Yeah, that's that's the problem is, you know, when you talk about getting lawyers involved and you're talking, that's what politicians are. Mostly are lawyers and they're, they're lawyers for a reason because they know how to word sentences in a structure that is almost impossible to decipher for the average person. And it gets to the point where, like you said, people just won't read what's going on. They're going to hear what they see on social media or what people are talking about, and they're going to assume that that's what the law is about, the bill's about. And when they go vote on such bill or they go vote in the polls for their representatives, they're going to be voting for them because they think that this bill is one thing. The problem is it only takes one word. It takes literally one word in a bill to change the entire meaning and definition of that bill. And most people don't take the time to read all those bills and especially understand them. So it's it's scary because what we think is such a, a it's what it is. It's you know, it's, it's that's not not bad. It won't affect me. It's not that bad could turn into an absolute snowball. And that's the game that's being played right now because it's a game of words. And most people yeah. don't take the time to read them all. Yeah, I think every law affects all of us. The the belief that all these laws don't affect you, okay, that's all good until they're trying to find a way to to hit you up with something. <laughs> when when people are trying to find a way to hit you up with something, they're going to I mean, if you're just looking at politics right now, if you're looking at what's going on with Kavanaugh and all this kind of stuff and you think these guys out aren't out there trying to find a way to smack you upside the head, Every single law that's created affects you. Otherwise, why the hell do we have tens of thousands of laws in this country when we don't need them? Yeah, you're you're abs you're absolutely 100 right. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's I, I live in Indiana uh, across the state line. Every year during the holidays, there's tons of Illinois people who flock right across the border and buy fireworks and drive them into Illinois. And every year, they have little they have somebody undercover in these parking lots uh, that are right across the border. It's not like fake, they do it. And they watch for Illinois plates. They call in cars and plates to troopers who are on the other side of the state line, or if it's a side road, and they pull people over as they come in. They're like, hey, you were just pulling out of the fireworks thing. It's freaking fireworks. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. legal in most states, not in Illinois though. All right, so, so I mean, that's, that, that's just some of the lengths that some people will go to. And why are the fireworks know, illegal? Why are the, fire, why are the fireworks illegal? I, I, Illinois hates freedom. I, that, that, that's, the, that's the best answer I can give you. I mean, it's not like, you know, the, our fireworks here in, in Indiana are like the, the world's best that are approved here anyway. They're, they're good, but I mean, they're not like the best. It's not like it's not, I don't know, it's, it's ridiculous. But you look at, regardless of what where you're at, there's going to be some uh, prosecutor who is trying to make either head city prosecutor, county prosecutor, whatever it is, and they want to look if they're running in a predominantly uh, anti-gun district, they want to look tough on it, on guns. So they want to be able to hold up their record and say, hey, 
you know, I, you know, I got this many, you know, illegal machine gun bump stocks off the street, right? I got this many ghost guns off the, off the street. So there are people, no matter how many good, you know, cops or good prosecutors there are, there are probably an equal amount of ones looking to just further their career, whether they want to be chief of police or head prosecutor or whatever it is that they're, because I mean, once you get up into the upper ranks, it's all politics. You know, mm-hmm. when you're talking about lieutenant and above in most departments, yeah, I can say uh, two words, Mayor mm-hmm. Giuliani. Right. Yes. OK, that's a, that's a person I do not personally like because I grew up in New York City under Giuliani. So you, Giuliani did this. Yes, excessively. Exactly. It's he nothing was, new. It is just, nothing new. And, and, and like you said, if you don't think it's not going to affect you, it will. I mean, how many uh, what on, on YouTube when I click on a lot of videos, I get that same uh, carry guard video. Uh, the uh, of the older dude with glasses and the and the scruffy uh, goatee saying you know the cop uh, jammed him up over something that was was technically legal but I guess he crossed I don't know it was county line state line whatever mm-hmm. and you know the guy you know was looking all surprised and stuff and carry guard I guess helped him because he had this thing um, but still you know I mean you don't know who you're going to run into you don't know what's happening you, you, every law ultimately you have to ask yourself if a prosecutor or judge or jury or cop or whoever got a hold of this law and me and hated me, would I want them to have this law? And if the answer is no, then the law shouldn't be there. Because, you know, you can try and be as altruistic as you want and pie in the sky. But ultimately, there are people who hate freedom, who hate liberty, who hate guns, who just want to get ahead in life. Maybe they don't hate any of those things. They're just looking to get a promotion or looking, looking for their next election. And they will use you as an example, if nothing else, out of convenience. Yeah. Go ahead, Trey. Well, I think that a lot of you have to understand, at least at the federal level, um, what what people tend to forget is you're talking about people that sit in their offices in Washington that are screaming and howling at the moon about being anti-gun. But yet, the second they step out of the door, they're surrounded by armed security everywhere they go for mm-hmm. the rest of their lives. And so they don't have to worry about gun laws because they're exempt. It's they don't understand how it affects the general person. They want to talk about being there and we're, we're, we're serving our country. We're serving our constituents. They don't have a clue what their constituents want or need. Yeah. They don't they don't understand it because they're exempt. They don't have to worry about health care. They don't have to worry about armed security and defending themselves because they have armed security everywhere they go. Now, the flip side of this also, I want to bring this up and kind of change directions, if you don't mind, is this. Let's say some of this stuff does get passed. Who's going to enforce it? Are you going to be a cop out there? Are, are, are you, Mr. State Representative, going to go door to door? If you're talking about confiscation of some kind of, of attachment or something, you're talking confiscation. Of people's property, uh, millions of dollars. Uh, I think tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and are these politicians, are they going to go and go door to door and confiscate these bump stocks or whatever? Are they going to enforce it themselves? No, they're going to expect the police officers. Or, the police- or they might create... Create, they might create some kind of paramilitary group to do it. Yeah, but do, you, do you think those people want to come to my house and try to take my stuff? I guarantee uh, they do. Not unless they get super armed up, which they may do, my friend. <laughs> right. Because you won't even get to the front door, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But this is the 
whole thing. They might go, oh, you know what? I think we're going to use this group we created over there and give them more money and get them more armed and, and give them some, full, you know, some machine guns and armored vehicles and stuff like that to go out there and take this property from people, which they should not be allowed to do. That's against the, that's not just against, um, that's just not against Florida constitution. That's actually against the constitution. They're not supposed to be able to take our property from us without compensating us for it. Well, that's exactly where I was hoping you were going to go with that, because here's why. Why is the Second Amendment so important? It is not to protect the people from foreign governments attacking us. It was also there to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government turning against the people. And that's exactly what it would turn into. If you're talking about militarizing the police department to go confiscate stuff, you're committing an act of war on your own people. And that's exactly why the second amendment is there to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government. Yeah, this is, this is what we're facing here. And I think when people think that, Oh, this doesn't matter. Think about this. You're talking about politicians who selectively use these laws that they put into effect. Mm -hmm. Right. You've got you've got sanctuary states in America. Why? What does sanctuary state means? It means in this state, in this city, we are sanctuary from the laws of the rest of the state or the rest of the country. Right. So that we don't care about those laws in the rest of the country. So there's people who want to do that on one hand. And then the other hand, we need to make more laws to deal with this thing. Yeah. Right. That's this is what we're going up against. This is the kind of thing that we're dealing with. And when people think, you know what, it doesn't really at the bump stock, it says bump stock. It, it doesn't affect me. And they mm. think it doesn't affect them. Yeah. You know, they're creating some this like if you read these laws, if you read what they're trying to put in effect on federal uh, state levels, these things are wide. Lots of things fall into this. Huh? It's just like Joe said earlier, Joe said on the bump stock. On, on the comment period of the ATF, it's just bump stock, this, that, and the other. But it's a 22-page document. Are you, Who's reading 22 pages? Well, most of us do, but the average citizen is not going to read 22 pages. All they got to do is put one sentence in there on page 19, and we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that that's exactly where most of this stuff was, was in those middle few pages. The real meat and potatoes of it was literally sandwiched in there and around – the middle of uh, you know the 22 pages. I think it literally was like on page 14 or something. It was right there toward the middle. It was just a few paragraphs, but the meeting, all they had all the fluff, you know. For they had the one big catchphrase sentence, um, and then by the time you got down into the meat and potato, you know, then a bunch more fluff, a bunch more this and that, and whereas and therefores, and then finally the meat and potatoes, and then more fluff at the end, and they bury it. Yeah, that's how it's designed to do. Look. Yeah. You, you've got to remember, you know, and I'm going to try to move on from it, but I think it's extremely important. Laws that go into effect that you think don't affect you, that you think is going to affect your neighbor or someone else who's not you. That's how we got a lot of gun control stuff in the first mm-hmm. place. And people thought, oh, that's just going to affect these like uh, these slaves they freed. It's not going to affect me. I don't want those guys to have guns anyway. They might be mad about something, <laughs> you know, so I don't want them to have it. Okay, that's how you got a whole bunch of stuff. And then they they just kept putting in those laws and people keep thinking, you know, it's not going to. And that's like what's crazy to me. That is a typical NRA stance. Yeah. Okay. that oh, that that's not going to affect us NRA guys, you know, and and they get up there like we were against machine guns in the first place. (laughs) Right. And they were always against machine guns. (laughs) 
Yeah, all they care about is their deer rifles. And, and oh, by the way, they can take those too because they'll probably just go back and, and use, you know, black powder stuff. So the, the NRA guys don't care about what we're yeah. using. Well, so this the Second Amendment, and I'm, I'm looking around. With, uh, you know what? I have a constitution somewhere here, and I can't. It's, I, I need to put the constitution right here. But I don't remember. One of you guys can let me know. Was there anything in the Second Amendment about rate of fire? Um. Oh wait. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> oh, let's see here. <laughs> uh oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> embarrassing me. Here he goes. <laughs> oh yeah. Here it is. Right here. It's it, it's filed right under. Uh, go. Not being friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is nothing about what this rate of fire has nothing to do with this. For the yeah. people who want to talk about, oh, this this was talking about when we had muskets or whatever. Okay, where it, there's no rate of fire in there it says shall not be infringed. Where where's right. my blunderbuss and I want my cannon. I want a yeah. cannon on my Jeep, a big black powder cannon with 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 musket balls this big. Awesome. <laughs> Why, wouldn't Why wouldn't you want that? Do you know where that listen, that cannon, that musket technology has come forward. It's called the AR15. Exactly. Okay, that's like everything else comes forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is no advanced. Uh, you know, there's like, oh, they, we're talking about slavery. This is not slavery. No, this is a clear, defined thing. If you advance it, it's still slavery. If you own another person, it's slavery. Yeah. Right? You cannot do that. Yeah. Okay. So this is the thing. Like, I think that we 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 need to bear this in mind and stop thinking these things don't affect us. If it doesn't affect you, if it doesn't affect everyone, why are they trying to do it? Why are they all so riled up about it? Why is every town kicking in another five million dollars to to um, get liberals elected? Mm-hmm. Why are they doing it? Okay. It means something. It's incredibly important. And if you give up this step. These people are moving a step closer to taking more and more away from you. So there's people that are alive today. I, you know, I wasn't here. I think I came to America in the early 80s, but I still missed out on a lot of this stuff because I was living in New York City. But, you know, the thing is, is that there's people who remember when they can go, when they could have anything. And how much have you lost since then? How much has it not affected you? Of course, it's affected you. Yeah. How much do you have to do to own things today? You have to do a lot, you know? So bear in mind that these guys are not planning on stopping there. The guys who I spoke to here in Florida said, hey, we had to do something. Otherwise, the Democrats are going to come against us and do this thing and do that thing. And then what happened to their asses? They're out there. I don't see any of the Democrats going, oh, you know, these Republicans, Rick Scott, he uh, he helped us out, you know, so we're not going to run against him. They're running against him. Yeah. Either way, so, um, yeah, so, what, what, wait a second, <laughs> where did Trey just go to? <laughs> I just, don't know. Yeah, okay. he, he just, he disappeared just shortly. Yeah, he got, he got dropped out. Um, well, maybe he'll be back. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll wait for him to come back here. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's switch topics here while we're waiting for Trey. Did you have some stuff you wanted to talk about? <laughs> I can keep going on this, but you know, probably. I um, yeah, yeah. We can change it up a little bit, uh, while we're waiting for him. Um, uh, sign up for our newsletters, hankstrange.tv. You got to be part of that newsletter. There's also another newsletter you don't want to miss out on. 
the 13C Gun Reviews newsletter. Um, we're giving away a Geisley SSP trigger, speaking of rate-enhancing devices. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an awesome single-stage trigger from Geisley. We're giving it away to uh, to some lucky person who's going to win on our newsletter. So uh, sign up for that in 13cgunreviews.com or 13c.us or Facebook page. Any of our most recent videos, you can click on and get a link to sign up for that. And uh, there you go. Um, otherwise, uh, got a bunch of new videos that are going to be coming out. But um, we had a video go live today on that mutant, um, another follow-up on the mutant, uh, talking about uh, the PUBG game that uh, they added the mutant into. Um, they kind of okay. nerfed they kind of nerfed the mutant in the game. Uh, it seems like the standard capacity round in the uh, magazine uh, in the game is twenty rounds. When, mm -hmm. when was twenty rounds ever standard for 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 uh, <laughs> for an AK, right? Mm, um, never. Yeah, and and they don't have any tanks in the game, so I don't get that. Um, you know, it's twenty rounder tanker mag, right? <laughs> um, uh, and some other stuff. So I went over that in the video a little bit. Hopefully, trying to uh, get. The, the younger folks and a lot of these video games are uh, all, almost a gateway drug, if you will, um, to getting younger people into firearms. Mm -hmm. And I hear this over and over again uh, by my daughter's friends and stuff. Um, you know, they, they get interested in them. It gets them curious, interested, and then they realize, hey, these things are real. I can own them. That's cool. And then you start, w once you put a firearm into someone's hands who hasn't, uh, had the opportunity to use one or see one or feel one before it really helps to open up and unlock their mind mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think there's any better way to put it it helps to start unlocking the uh yes the straight in mag versus the rock and lock yeah because in the game it, they, you know that they use i guess the same animation of a standard ar they just stick the mag straight up and in like you would normal ar into a magwell there's no rocking in the magazine uh, into the magwell, and I know there's little things. I mean, it's not realistic. It's yeah, I mean, maybe stuff. someone hasn't coded around for that yet, or yeah. whatever, but, whatever it is. I, th there are some games out there that that are better, right? That are more realistic when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, th they are, and I, I want to say the they got the AKs right. Um, but you know, it, it, it's one of those things like that. But but I think the important takeaway, and what I'm hoping to do with this latest video, is give people a taste for real firearms that may not be familiar with it that stumble across it because they were looking for something for PUBG and then and then get them into that and and what it, what exactly is PUBG let me look this up right now PUBG yeah slowly link them log link them into that freedom liberty mindset um, and even if we don't agree on everything um, I think and, and this was something that we covered last week and hopefully I can be on with uh, Argo J um, you know over the next few, few weeks and we can talk about some of the stuff from that AMCON conference. And there were a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life there. I don't want to get too heavy into it. We'll wait for him. But mm -hmm. um, there were people who spoke who were pro-firearm. There was a representative there from the Pink Pistols. Uh, there was, uh, there was uh, from different uh, feminist groups. Uh, you know, uh, there was a transgendered person who spoke. Um, okay. And, you know, regardless of how, how you feel about any of that, the right to self-defense should be an apolitical subject. It doesn't matter where you fall on whatever political spectrum, anything else. You know, every human being has a right to defend themselves. And and while I get, while I do get political on the channel, I mostly I get political on live streams and stuff like that. The politics, quote unquote, that I talk about normally on the channel and in, and and in the articles I write about are all dedicated strictly, mostly to liberty. I don't consider it political. Some people do, but when you're talking about strict freedom and liberty issues. Um, 
these things should just go totally across party lines. Um, you know, like I said, the right to self-defense, even if I disagree with you vehemently on the, you know, whatever topic uh, du jour of the day it is that, that that's, you know, whatever it is, you, st I still believe you have a right to defend yourself against someone who would try and do your harm. Um, Absolutely. That's a human yeah. right. You're born with it. Exactly. Inalienable. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. um, that's not just for us here in America. That's for everyone on the world, every human being. They have the right yeah. to defend themselves. Yeah. And um, uh, even the ones that aren't actually born yet. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> if, if, so I, I spent, I, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but, um, you know, growing up, basically, as soon as I turned uh, 18, I started out um, in what would ultimately be my kind of career in medicine, so to speak. I started out as a firefighter EMT, I moved up, uh, m m you know, I injured my shoulder. I wound up going into the uh, definitive side of care. I worked in a trauma, uh, level one trauma team in the operating room for 10 years. Um, and throughout all that, there was one consistent thing, be it if I was on the street or if I was in the operating room, the difference between alive and dead was a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the scientific uh, medical approach I take to it. Unless someone can give me something better, uh, that's something that's been a definitive outlier throughout time. Now, obviously, we can get into brain waves and stuff like that. But if you're talking about somebody who is, I don't know, I don't want to dig too deep in it, but but no, absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's just something to think about mm -hmm. when people are trying to come down on us and talk about things. Yet they want to make it easier for people to kill the life that is genetically associated with them growing inside of them. They want to make that very easy for them to do, but they do not want to make it very easy for other human beings to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, so these two things are not balanced out in our society and people are not looking at it rationally. Sorry, you got to look at it. You yeah. have to understand, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to I, I could tell you what I personally feel about it, but I'm not trying to force other people into anything. Those people should also not try to force me into anything. Exactly. This kind of live and let live as long as you're not encroaching on the equal rights of others. Have at it. Uh, switching back to kind of the gamer thing. I see a lot of people in here. Yeah, PUBG. Gamer, Fortnite, right. PUBG, or Cancer. Um, <laughs> so, so, so it's a mobile game? What is it? Explain it to me a little uh, bit. Because I see I, people I sending me links PUBG to it. PUBG is fully across the spectrum as far as you – I'm pretty sure you can play, play it on um, both everything from mobile to console. Uh, I, I know I uh, played on desktop, uh, for example. Um, one thing I would say is um, – you know, in, in response to stuff like, you know, it, it's cancer. Um, I know a lot of people spend a lot of time on, I know myself growing up, uh, I grew up in the Wolfenstein, Doom and Quake original, <laughs> right? Right. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking, you know, the, the, the mid-ish 90s, early 90s. Um, obviously, I, I think I wound up turning out at least somewhat okay. Um, Dude, I played, um, I played, a, what is that thing? Uh, Space Invaders on Atari or whatever, whatever that was. I was, a, I was a king at Atari, man, back in the yeah. day. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. I played Donkey Kong, okay? Donkey yeah. Kong on an arcade game in the, in the freaking laundromat. Yeah. Using, back in the olden days, you had to put quarters into it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I, <laughs> I I remember you know we'd go out for pizza or something. and They had the big you know the 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 table you sat on on either end with Pac Man, and there was a glass over the top, and you know you play opposite sides of the thing. Mm -hmm. um, those were the days. But but the 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 point I wanted to get out is for people who who don't fully understand the whole game thing. Um, 
and I would not consider myself a gamer at any means at this point. I do right. play and dabble a little bit still, uh, but you know, I don't play anywhere near enough to be to, to, to be good. Oregon Trail, yes. You, you, I died of dysentery so many times in the Oregon Trail, it wasn't funny. But um, <laughs> but the modern games that we have now are literally are a gateway drug, a good gateway drug. Let me rephrase that, a good good gateway to getting people into firearms. I think it's a very good positive thing. Um, you know, now obviously there's always, you know, one or two nutballs who are gonna do whatever they're gonna do with an animal anyway. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but I think it's a I great thing to get people in yeah, we've got a little bit of uh, feedback. Hold on a second. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just jumped in. My computer decided it was gonna NSA me and and basically uh download and do all of the updates right now. So <laughs> whether you like it or not. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> so, I'm okay, back. cool. Glad to have you back. We're talking about video games right now. And um and Joe was saying it's kind of like it's one of the gateways to to people getting into firearms ownership to the Second Amendment, which I think yeah. I agree with that, Joe. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you, um, you know, a couple, a couple, well, I can tell you, there are a couple of friends who have come over that weren't, you know, because uh, my old, oldest daughter is, uh, is just now turning 22. And, um, you know, she has a couple of friends who were, I want to say they were, you know, whatever political end of the spectrum they're on, but they weren't really into guns. Uh, but they loved, you know, they loved various games, be it Fortnite, you know, Battlefield, uh, PUBG, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, putting a firearm in their hands, you know, these young adults' hands that are, you know, between, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22, uh, for the first time, and seeing the expression change when they held it, they checked it out, and then being able to say, hey, do you want to go shoot it? And then we walk outside to the range and let them put a few rounds down rage, and they're like, that was actually really cool. And you see their mindset change, and then as the weeks, months go by later, now one or two, one or two of these folks who were not at all into guns were either scared in the beginning are now getting, they are now literally getting licenses to carry handguns. They're asking me for advice. Yeah. They're helping, they're having me help them pick out a handgun for self-defense. Uh, yeah. And these are, these are folks that came from backgrounds where firearms were either horrible or they didn't even like them themselves. Now all of a sudden they're buying guns, they're getting licenses to carry to defend themselves. They're, it, it's amazing. They're, they're, they are the next generation. And I they think it is the next generation. I think it is important. We sometimes uh, we've had uh, Devil Dog Gamer on. I think we, we had another video game guy on who was kind of on the fence. He owned guns and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but he thought suppressors were for killing people. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we helped him. Hopefully we helped him with that. But we've had Devil Dog Gamer, who was a Marine, mm-hmm. you know, does a lot of gaming stuff. He's pretty big in that. And he does help bring a lot of young people. Or, or people who are in games into this. I think that's really, really true what you're mm-hmm. saying. Um, yeah. You know, even to the extent that I'm thinking about maybe getting into it a little bit, I've like not played video games in a long time. My kids do, uh-huh. um, you know, and I'm not against it at, at all. I, you know, I think that it's something that helps keep them out of trouble nowadays in this modern world, gives them things to do along with all the other things. They go out and they have friends and they go have dinner and hang out with their friends and all that. And they're in college now, but, I think there is something to it because of who we can reach and we do need to reach more people. And this is where the, 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 the next generation that's going to either not have the second amendment or have to fight to, to keep the second amendment is going to come from. Maybe we need to reach out and do more with that. I've been thinking about it, maybe adding some stuff here, 
since we've got like a whole studio having some stuff, playing some video games and letting people like beat up the old guy trying to play games and things like that. (laughs) I I, I think it's a great idea. And I really think it's important to, I I think one other important thing that I would love to change the narrative on, especially for a lot of uh, folks in the gun culture is to stop berating millennials. Um, You know, I mean, every generation, I'm still a slacker today. By by somebody's definition, I'm still a slacker today, right? You you'll <laughs> never work as hard as your parents worked, my friend, or your grandparents for that exactly. matter. Exactly. Well, I know for sure I'll never work as hard as my grandparents, but because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, their, their story was awesome and amazing. But mm-hmm. um, you know, y- y- you've got younger folks who are coming up that are doing the same thing that every generation before them came up with, except for the fact they seem to be overall hungrier for more freedom and more liberty. I I would say the narrative that's out there, the mainstream narrative that's out there from the talking heads, that young people are into socialism, all this stuff. um, To some point, it's just an education issue, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's the case because I've seen the full spectrum as my daughters are growing up over the spectrum, you know, from the oldest to youngest, all the different people that I encounter, the number of people that I run into that, uh, that, that like what I do, who are younger in that, you know, 20 to 30 year old range um, that focus in on some of the stuff that I, I hit more than that. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's so important. And, you know, and I also think it's important for folks who are older, who don't fully get, you know, the whole Tide Pod thing they joke about. Right. And there's only like one real Tide Pod thing. All the rest of that basically is sarcasm. All right. And I think there are people who are missing that. I mean, when you look at it from a sarcasm, funny standpoint and humors change as you get older. Right. Some things are funny to some people, funny to some people that aren't to others. Generational gaps do this. Right. You separate somebody by 40 years or 20 years and you don't get the same kind of humor and 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 modern references that they're giving. So, I mean, I, I if, if there was a generation that I'd bet the future on, it would be millennials over. Oh, my. Sorry, that's a camera <laughs> alert on my phone. Oh, um, uh-oh. My bad. Yeah. Oh, I don't It's not my fault. I didn't take them. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I agree so, with you. Listen, so Lola just came right. in here and uh-huh. uh, gave me this thing. Fortnite star Tyler Ninja Bev- uh, Blevins will become first gamer to appear on ESPN magazine cover. She, she sent me a link to that. So I, I think I agree with that. Um, and I wanted to give I wanted to give Trey a chance to jump in here. What do you think about that, Trey? Well, I mean, you have to understand that. I mean, I, I'll play every now and then. You know, my daughter's 21, and she's uh, she actually carries, um, and she's probably one of the very few that are her age that actually take some of that stuff seriously. But she plays a lot of Rainbow Six Siege online, and um, her boyfriend plays that as well, and they play a lot. Well, her boyfriend came uh, to visit and, and to meet us and all of that, and... I took him out to the range. I said, you ever shot a gun? He goes, no, but I love playing shooting games. I said, well, maybe if you ever shot a gun, he goes, no, never have. I said, let's go to the range. So I went out and I took a bunch of my different guns. I had, you know, rifles and handguns. I had a bunch of them. I wanted to introduce them to everything. And I pull out, you know, a couple of different guns. And he was like, oh my gosh, well, that game's on Rainbow Six Siege. Mm-hmm. And they call it this and holy cow i'm actually shooting a gun that i play on (laughs) like this eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. and i was like shoot the gun and enjoy and now 
Every time he comes here, he, the first thing he does, hey, can we go to the range? Absolutely, my man. Absolutely. And now he's going to go buy a gun. He's looking to get his concealed carry license. And we're talking about a 21-year-old that up until six months ago had never touched a gun, but he was familiar with the gun lingo and what guns look like because of video games. Now, on the flip side of that, what you're all talking about is, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they're actually discussing bringing gaming into the Olympics. So yeah, it's a real deal. It's a real thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and this is this is the reason why this is the reason why uh, I'm thinking about maybe getting into it. I know, like you said, I've got a 18 and 19 year old right now, you know, and I'm thinking about getting into it. You guys out there in the chat can let me know, like, what should I what should I do? What should I get into? Because I'm totally disconnected. I know my sons are going to have their opinions. Let me know. Um, and Joe, you know, I think the thing to do here. Like you said, this is a gateway. And then when if people have never done this before, they might be afraid. I've come across people that don't even want to touch guns, but they do have that interest because uh, they play games. So maybe those two things link. You teach them responsibility, how to keep this thing, how to know if it's safe, how to make it safe, how to make it dangerous and the responsibility of it and all that kind of stuff. And you have completely changed another human being forever. Absolutely. And you're, you're not just furthering, you're not just furthering the uh, ability of another voter mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to, to vote pro, uh, pro right to keep and bear arms. Right. You're also empowering them. You may could be saving their lives. Right. You know, one in four people are going to be the victim of violent crime in their lifetime. You know, and, and you could be saving their life or somebody else's life down the line that they're going to impact. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not just, it's not just about one aspect of it. It's about the entire picture. And, you know, I mean, a, a lot of my, uh, you know, daughter's friends and stuff, they're great, wonderful people, even if, you know, all of our politics are skewed a little bit. But, you know, I wouldn't want to see any harm come to any of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's good to be able to empower them. And then to see the change in them as the months or year goes by, to see the change in their demeanor, their outlook, their their whole view on everything shifts a little bit when they start taking responsibility for their own life. It's, mm-hmm. it's an eye-opening, transformative process that I don't yeah. think can be uh, uh, understated. And what I think is one of the things that's happening, like I'm all for it, right? I believe I like movies. That's kind of my vibe, movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I like going to the movies. I like the uh, escapism of it and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I watch a lot of the Marvel stuff and all that. But I think one of the things that's happening is that maybe people are thinking that there's some superhuman beings out there who are going to save them from everything. Well, guess what? Bullshit. Ultimately, you are going to have to save yourself. That's the world we live in. There's no superhuman being that's going to swoop in and save you and bring you back to life and and uh, reverse the bullets or anything like that or reverse damage or harm that other people do. You have to start taking responsibility for your life. And that includes your safety and security. You have to do it. People have to do that. And we need to understand that it's not some like mythical, magical other person that goes out there and fights for freedom. It's the person that you look at in the mirror. Well, I think one of the things we have to look at also is you're talking about a generation, let's say that's in college right now and or get ready to go to college that the 18 to 25 are just getting out of college. Not saying they've been brainwashed. They've only been exposed in college by whatever their professors want to instruct or to, you know, emphasize what the meaning of the world is. 
So we talk about this millennial and I look at it because my daughter's 21. She's a college student. And I hear some of the stuff that she comes home with. And it's like these professors are trying to pass their actual beliefs into as what is reality. And so they're skewed when they get out of college and they almost have to have a five to six year, eight year period of living before they kind of really know what the real world's about. But I like the whole aspect of bringing the gaming into it because if you can go and get to these people that are obviously not considerably anti-gun, they just probably aren't ever around guns. They've never shot a gun. They've never been around them to where they're not necessarily anti-gun because they're playing gun games. So if they were completely anti-gun, they wouldn't play this violent game. So maybe we have an opportunity to take these same people and say, like I did, have you ever shot a gun? No. Well, here's the thing. We all remember what the first time was like when we pulled our first trigger, the adrenaline rush, the the excitement we got when we had that mini explosion, you know, six inches from our face. It was amazing. And we all loved it. A lot of these people that are young that seem to be, quote unquote, anti-gun have probably never held a gun. They've never gone to the range and safely learned how to operate one and all of that. And it is our responsibility to maybe reach that hand out and say, look, I understand where you're coming from. But until you go down this road and have an argument with me, would you be willing to come to the range with me one time? I'll show you how to safely operate a firearm. We're going to go through all the safety procedures. And I'm going to let you put a people put pieces of lead down range. And then once you've had experience shooting a gun, we can have this conversation. But, in, but instead, most of the gunners are just fighting these people say, these guys are anti-gunners. I don't think all of them are, are anti-gunners. I think they just haven't been exposed to it. And they're naive because they've been taught by a right, liberal right. college, what they're going to think. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just like believing that all the kids nowadays are SJWs. Yeah. Right. If right. you say that to my boys, that's, that's like, that's pressing their button. That makes them mad. Okay. You know, I, and they tell me they were, I was having a conversation with them this weekend and they were like, lots of our friends are just like you and mom. Yeah. Believe yeah. the same things you guys believe. Yeah. We, we yeah. got to stop pigeonholing the young folks into this false narrative that the media keeps creating. I mean, we talk about, you know, you know, all the different false narratives, be it firearms or whatever else, fake news, all this different stuff. Well, that lie that they're perpetrating against younger folks is to try and manipulate them into going into a certain direction. Yeah, group think, group think. Yeah, it's group think. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't stand it when our community uh, pushes th- that narrative for the media forward. Um and and I and any chance I get, if I hear it, I try and correct somebody on. I'm like, no, don't do it. I mean, you know, maybe you have an individual, but you can't you can't just throw away the entire younger generation, especially when it's not true. Because you need them. I mean, we need them. Um, they are, and it's really, my children who are growing up in their in in that world. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a scary thought that people sit there say this is our future. It is our future, and it's our responsibility to help mold our future. Like you said, don't give up on them. And just because our kids might grow up in a way that they're more open-minded to firearms, whatever, because they've been around us, doesn't mean that their boyfriends, their girlfriends, their basic best friends haven't grown up in that same situation. Instead of giving up on them, help educate them. Help mold them instead of giving up on them. And I think, I think you hit on it right there. We've got to guide this generation instead of giving up on them. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you guys. Uh, by the way, is everyone hearing me? Okay. I know there was some concerns out there, you know, some lag or something like that going on. Let me know how it's going now. 
M Wits asked me to do a first time shout out to him. So shout out to M Wits out there in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Um, and this is my first time seeing him as well. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, you're looking good now. For a while there, you were pretty laggy and fuzzy uh, on oh, yeah. as well. You look, you're back in HD and full, all your glory. Awesome. Awesome. How's that oh, here? Oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank you. Look fabulous. Yeah. I think I think we do I think we do have a responsibility to kind of like reach out and connect with everyone that's going on out there. You know, like they say, um, you know, sometimes you have to go to the to the mountain. Yes. You know? So yeah. I think that look at how many people will spend, you know, hours trying to talk to and debate a FUD. You know, like you know, the 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 typical, you know. 50 to 70 year old guy who has one hunting rifle and they try and talk to him and convince him about, you know, an AR or whatever it is. I'm I'm not saying you shouldn't outreach to everybody, but the chance of you converting that person is probably (laughs) right for 50 years, 70 years, however many, you know, multiple decades it's been, they've had it ingrained in their mind that nobody needs one of them. They're gangster right guns, right? Yeah. That's it in their mind. Yeah, you or it's like be, trying to tell him the NRA is doing things to his own detriment. He's yeah, like, what the hell are you talking the same about? Thing. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they can't, their mind, I hate to say their minds are set, but it's very difficult to get through to someone like that unless you already have a very close personal relationship with them. It's very hard. You mm-hmm. look at how easy it is to talk to a younger person. Even if they don't agree with you out of the gate, they will at least talk to you. And for the most part, most of them will engage in a solid conversation back and forth and you'll have an idea. No, 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 no. Axis and Armas is like, hey, uh, I'm almost 52. I've and I've never been a FUD. And, and <laughs> no, I'm not trying. I'm not so we should define it. We should define what we think the FUD is. What our definition, at least. Yeah, it, a FUD that's is the fun thing about language. Age. It, okay, it's, so give us your definition. My definition of a FUD, uh, while generally it may apply usually to older people. Uh, my, yeah, my, my, cause most younger gun owners, if they get into firearms and they're under 30 or at least under 40, um, if they get into firearms, they're into firearms. It's not like the, you know, the older folks who are normally 40 and above who, um, who have owned a hunting rifle or maybe a revolver all their life. And they're a gun guy cause they've owned one or two guns their entire life and they are dead set in their ways. Um, so the, the difference would be that a FUD would be not dependent on age, in my opinion, necessarily. It's somebody who, who owns one or two guns that are usually either bolt action, lever action, revolver, um, something along those lines. And they view any of these uh, weapons of war or quote unquote assault uh, rifles as evil gangster guns or military guns that have no purpose being in civilian side. It's, it, it's a hypocrite for, 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 uh, using another word. Okay. Um, Trey, uh, what do you think? What's your definition? Uh, mine's a little bit different. It's along the same lines, but, uh, mine's a little bit different than that. Uh, mine's not going to be one of those things that they're anti AR 15. For me, a FUD is someone that, um, has a couple bolt action rifles or whatever. They're, they're hunters. That, and here's where I say this. A FUD to me is someone that doesn't give a damn about gun rights and the Second Amendment as long as they don't take their hunting rifle and they only are going to care for those about their guns 
for those three months of the year while they're hunting in season. To me, those are the dangerous ones because they'll say they're gun people, but yet you can't get them to come to a two-way rally. You can't get them to come to the range. You're going to go to the range once or twice to zero in their rifles a week or two before hunting season. And the rest of the nine months of the year, they could give a damn about our gun rights. Um, it's not necessarily about the platforms to me. It's more about the rights and not caring about the Second Amendment except for the three months of the year. Yeah, I, I agree with I both that, of you. I yeah. think that's solid. I, I agree with both of your definitions. I would say for me, um, a super FUD, if you want to know what a super FUD is, go look in the know. dictionary and you're going to see the face of Joe Biden smiling back at you <laughs> with his friggin' shotgun. You know, it's that dude who thinks he's a badass, yeah. who thinks he knows everything or whatever, and he's all good with that shotgun and he doesn't need anything else and he doesn't care what happens to you or anything else. Because he knows he's got stuff, like you guys said, that's going to be totally fine. And uh, he doesn't give a damn. When he dies, he could care less what happens to other people. The person who's not thinking about the future. This is a this is a conversation about the future that we're having, that I'm trying to tell people. You do not have anything that you cannot defend. That is a fact in this world. Okay? That is a fact in the world. If you think you have something, if you think you have a home, a car, jewelry, money, um, a, a wife and family that you care about, if you cannot defend them, you do not have them. And, and those people, that super FUD does not understand that the, the ability for you to defend yourself is forever. There's no limitations on that. There's nothing that we're going to invent or create or some kind of psychology or mindset that's going to that's going to appear one day magically in the world that's going to change that. So, you know, um, Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's the way I look at it for anyone who wants to know. <laughs> and, and Joe Biden is not alone. We know that there's people there's people who I feel are they think they're in the gun community and they're a lot like Joe Biden. Well, I think a lot of it is, and I had a, a, my chat last night, we were talking about the gun life and understanding and embracing the gun life. And for those of you that are like me and most people in this room in the chat are, you know, it's not just carrying a gun every day. It's the decisions that our life go through. What kind of clothes we're going to wear to conceal our guns? What type of restaurants do we go to that may be anti-gun or pro-gun? Where we go to vacation, you know, when we go on a vacation, not only do we go try to go somewhere where it's gun friendly, but we also have to look at does they uh, you know, reciprocate, reciprocate with, with my state's gun laws and CCW? Um, is it a gun friendly state that I have to keep in a lockbox or can I carry? I mean, the gun life is real for those that are entrenched in it like I am and all, all of us are that our decision making processes the guns are part of our lifestyle and they, they go in. And I think the biggest responsibility that we have as responsible uh, gun owners is that we just need to understand and try to tell people we are normal everyday citizens that have normal jobs. We're law abiding. We're fathers, we're daughters, we're brothers, we're sisters, we're, we're coaches, we're leaders of communities, we're everything that you are. The difference is, is we like guns and some of us choose to carry every day. And if I didn't tell you I was carrying, would you know? No. So why are you judging me now that you know I'm a gun person when you didn't know the first you know year that you knew me that I carried every day? You thought I was a cool guy then. Now I'm a gun guy. And all of a sudden... You know, you're evil. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, By the I mean, way, this also like this lifestyle affects even where we live. It affects a lot of things for us, how we yeah. vote, where we live, what we do, even for business, you know, businesses that we go into. 
and we don't go into. Yeah, exactly. it affects it, it affects our entire lives. And we're living that because we we carry this philosophy that we are responsible for ourselves. You know, like we were saying before, that spreads out into a lot of things. But specifically, we are responsible for our safety and security and the safety and security of our families and even other people around us, people who may not be our family member. But we happen to be there in that moment that they need someone to defend them. Right. So, you know, that's the uh, you know, that's the thing to think about with all of this, if you're looking at it. And I think, you know, we probably like for a lot of times, I think it was almost like the conversation we were having in the beginning about YouTube and we're expecting YouTube to be the way that it was. And we're trying to like bend it to our will when it's changing. And so we either have to prepare for the day when we're not going to exist on it. But if as if we're here, we have to think about, well, we're here and this is how they've changed things. I think we have to look at the world out there, our children, our friends, the people around us that we don't know and realize that the world is changing and not to, I don't want to make anyone think like me, but there are people out there who are curious about what this is. And you have to think about that when you potentially come across those people and how you deal with them. And even maybe put yourself in a position where you come across where you're more likely, if you really care about this and you really want it to exist in the future, where you're more likely to come across these people. You know, and consider how you interact with them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's see here. Um, we've got some time. I know we we had to restart here, so we've got some time to get into other things. Um, what other stuff is going on with you guys, Trey? You haven't told us like what's going on with you. I know Joe mentioned a little bit with him. What's going on with you? What kind of stuff do you have going on? Yeah, we're we're doing the weekly show on Tuesday nights at uh, eight Eastern, and it's it's called Tactical Tuesday. We basically are trying to do. I, I my my mission and my thing is concealed carry, being proficient at the range, getting more people to the range, and being more proficient practicing, and then obviously trying to get more content creators out there because the more voices we have on social media, they're going to have to acknowledge us eventually. So I think that if we can maybe get people to turn the cameras on. Even if it's something as small, get them out there and they have to acknowledge this eventually. Uh, but the, the biggest, the newest thing project I've got going on is I started up a new podcast. Uh, I've, it's about a month ago. And I've had two episodes. I do it every other week and it's called the Armed Citizen Podcast. Cool. And what I'm trying to do is I've, I've had, my first one was I got a patriot in the dark. He's blind, 100% blind, carries every day, practices and he brings a different perspective from the blind community. Then I had Michael Woodland, who you know, with uh, yeah. the co-host with Ken over there. Yeah, at, uh, MW Tactical. Yeah, Mike was my guest this past week, and it's the, the podcast cool. is out there to bring. And I've got different people from all over walks of life, and and try to talk about what the armed citizen means to every individual because it's it's different for everybody. So that's over on iHeartRadio and iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and Stitcher and all those. So I'm really excited about that because I've never done like a produced podcast. Everything I do is live. And so it's kind of an interesting thing, but I'm doing that. But basically, I'm just trying to get out there and get the word that we are normal, everyday citizens. And, you know, we're we're just normal people that enjoy guns. So, you know, if we can get that, you know, we have the 10 percent of the of the left the anti-guns. We're never going to change their mind. Just like they're never going to change our mind. But that 80% that is really not sure, that's who we have to go after. And we can expose them to firearms in a safe, positive way. That's, I think, how we attack it is don't try to change their minds. Let's try to change the middle's minds and maybe convert them to our side. So that's my mission right now. Okay, very good. Very good. 
Okay. Um, I don't know if there's some other things, Joe, do you have, did you have some other things out there that you wanted to talk about? I mean, either one of you guys that has, um, you know, I know there was several stories. I just shared one with you guys. If you're into cars, just while you guys are looking it up, I think you've all heard of the, uh, Resvani. If you yeah. haven't, it's a pretty badass. uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like a, it's like a futuristic Hummer kind of thing. Armored vehicle type deal. So what are you there. thinking? Yours up? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Uh, you know what? They, it looks like they're using a Hellcat engine now. So here's the, uh, here, let me see if I can share it with the people in the chat who want to take a look at it. Cause I know some of the folks out there are into cars as well. Um, Resvani gets earth rumbling with 707 horsepower Hellcat power tank X. So oh, there you go. That thing looks pretty cool. Yeah. So they're it putting that, they're putting a Hellcat engine in this bad boy. I'm trying to see what the price tag is on it now. Um, uh, it looks, I've seen one of these in person, by the way, not the Hellcat version, but these look really, okay. Uh, starts oh. at 259,000. Oh, Okay. <laughs> How much? <laughs> two fifty nine. <laughs> so it starts at two fifty nine. <laughs> okay, it's doable. Yeah, so it's doable. That'll, that'll be. Put, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to save up for that for a couple of weeks. Put it on a twenty year payment. That's plan. A, it's all good. That's a serious <laughs> GoFundMe uh, right there. <laughs> twenty years, man. Twenty years. Like car payments. You know, car payments have been going up. You know, I don't know, like way back in the days, I don't know, it was probably two years and three. Then I think it crept up to four or five. I think car payments now stretched out to like seven years. You know, so that one needs like a nice uh, 20 year payment, you know, mortgage, mortgage level. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, really. But it looks good. It does look good. You know, I like to I like to see when and I've seen one of these in person. It is truly sexy. You know, it's like a futuristic uh, Jeep kind of deal going on there, you know. Um, cool. You know what? I wonder, does anyone have a Hellcat engine in a Jeep, in a Wrangler? Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask I, I, a Novak Conversions about Grand that. Cherokee. Um, yeah, there is one in the Grand Cherokee. I think it's called a Trackhawk. I think it's the Trackhawk. I get them mixed up because there's a Trailhawk uh -huh. and then there's a Trackhawk. And I think the Trackhawk is a Hellcat engine in that uh grand cherokee yeah. i i don't know i got mine in 2014 i know they had a let me look it up they had uh they had a diesel version and then they had uh the other one i forget what the hell it was called it was there but neither of those were covered under the lifetime warranty you could buy the mopar lifetime warranty so i didn't get them um mm -hmm. i drive a lot i've got it's a 2014 i got it when it had uh a handful of miles on it, um, you know, new. And then uh, in the past four years, I'm now up to 148,000 miles. And what is this you're talking about? Uh, my Grand Cherokee. Your Grand Cherokee. Okay, so I just posted up a link here. If you search for it, this is Car and Driver. It says Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. That's not a typo. The name is Trackhawk, and it's ready to defy physics in a new thrilling way. This hot rod version of the Grand Cherokee is designed to tackle the track with a 6.2 liter V8, making 707 horsepower and 645 pound foot of torque. Wow. All-wheel drive, <laughs> eight-speed automatic, and yellow brake calipers, which is like very important, the color of the brake calipers. Oh, it's very important. <laughs> Yeah, it can tow 7,200 pounds, et cetera. And I think it's like 90 grand. 
I want to say. I want to say yes. it's about ninety. So, so, so about twice what I paid for my Grand Cherokee. Hey, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than the Resvani, man. It Come on now. I just saved you a bunch of money here. Saved me a ton of money. Yeah. I, I have to say, this uh, Grand Cherokee that I have is probably the my, my favorite vehicle I've ever owned. Um, short of obviously my first car, because you know it's my mm -hmm. first car, but. Um, you know, the, uh, this thing has just been fantastic. I, like I said, I got 148 ish, 149,000 miles, pretty close to 149. I'm going to hit 150 mm -hmm. soon uh, in four years. And it's, it's just, it's been an amazing vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't be happier with it. I haven't had to do anything to it other than change the oils. And I changed the spark plugs once. Okay. Uh, Very cool. I'm still on my original brakes. Wow. 149,000, 148,000 miles, original brakes. Oh, cool. Okay. Very nice. Pinto. You have what, say that again. Crack, crack, crack bought out there says something. We should be re-regulated into the Pinto. Yeah. Oh, trust me, they are going to regulate how powerful cars could be. If you don't think that's coming, that's coming, dude. At some point, yeah, that is going to happen. No, at some point, that's going to. First of all, all these car companies are saying that they're going electric in five years, which I think no. is BS. America cannot go electric. Like all the cars out there, brand new, cannot be electric in five years. There's not, we just don't have the infrastructure to handle, um, you know, I think right now the ability exists that you can have your car at home, charge it and drive to work and come home. That, that That's not even an argument anymore. That already exists. There's cars that have somewhere between 200 and 300 mile range on one charge. So absolutely that could happen. I think when it gets a little bit more complicated than that is where we run into a thing. So Eventually, what's going to happen, though, they're going to start. Um, we're already starting to lose a lot of like, if you notice Ford's going away from you can't even get like a V8 now. Right. Yeah. You can only get a V6. So and then the other companies are going to go that route. And then everyone Ford wants to start going all electric. All these other guys do. Then the next thing to force you to get that electric car when you upgrade, they're going to go. Yeah, you can't have that. What do you need it for? Yeah. You know, you don't need 500 horsepower <laughs> or six. Yeah. I've got a Hemi in my Durango, but the next car I'm going to buy, I'm probably going to be buying a, a Toyota Tacoma this winter. Mm -hmm. And that's a V6. I'm going to go from a 5.7 Hemi to a V6. Now, my gas will probably be a lot cheaper, but you can't, if you're talking about a pickup truck and you can't get it in a V8, what's wrong with this world, you know? Yeah, and um, I don't think you can put you can put a supercharger on them, but I know Toyota doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, you can, but it's going to have to be either aftermarket or you're going to have to pay a buttload for that upgrade. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, you know this is the direction that everyone wants to go. They want to go electric with pickup trucks. So, <laughs> yeah, because most. Oh yeah, that's happening. Well, yeah, because most pickup trucks now cost sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars, and they're there to look nice, not to be an off-road machine or yeah. a work truck. Anymore. Right, right. Uh, well, now listen, electric can give you a lot of torque. I'm not trying to take away from that. I would prefer to have some kind of hybrid, because it, so in, in other words, some kind of engine in there that's powered by doesn't have to be. If they want to get away from fossil fuels, maybe they can go to like, uh, well, natural I don't know, if you, gas or yeah, natural gas, propane, something like that, that can charge up the motors, and then with electricity, you can get torque and stuff like that. I just want the flexibility of not having to stop to go to specific places to charge, and I don't want that. I like I like driving. I'm a I'm a driver, you know. So I like to get out there and move around. So we'll see where this is all going. I think ultimately to get people to really buy into this 
they're going to have to do a lot of forcing. There's now, what do you, cause I know you're a car person, Hank. Mm-hmm. So like my, my grand Cherokee has a V6. It wasn't available uh, unless you got the SRT. I think that was the only one that was actually uh, V8. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's got the bigger V6 in it. It's the Overland package and it's got nine speeds on the transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, and this it will it will tow. I don't remember its maximum towing, but I've towed some large things with it. Um, it tows a lot. It gets up and moves off the line. It cruises at a great speed. Um, I don't think I need it. I mean, originally I was concerned because you know every once in a while I'll tow something that's heavy. Um, I don't think I even need a V8 with the way the gears, the transmission, and that V6 is set up in my Grand Cherokee. Um, now, obviously, there's a difference if you have a big pickup, you're hauling a ton of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But for everything that I could ever hope for that to do, and I mean, it moves, qu- it's fast. Um, and it it cruises at, I drive fast, I'll say it. Um, it cruises at a very nice, comfortable top end speed. Um, and those nine gears, it's one of those things where, you know, it doesn't use all nine if you don't need them. It'll mm-hmm. skip a gear or two as you're driving. But mm-hmm. if you really get on it, it will use all nine of those gears going up, especially if you're towing something, and it just it pushes right through. So, um, I don't. What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, what do I'm, you think, Ray? I'm I'm ignorant when it comes to cars. Honest to God, um, I I'm never I've never been one of those that kind of did a whole lot of research. I'll, if I it's time for a new car, I'll go buy a car that I think will be practical. Like I said, when I got this uh, Durango. It gave me enough power. It was four-wheel drive. I live in the mountains in, in north-central Arkansas, so I needed four-wheel drive during the wintertime with the snow and all that. It had a lot of room from the back for me to put guns or whatever I'm doing. So as long as it kind of runs and it gets me where I need to go and does what I need to do, I don't look into all this stuff because I am completely ignorant when it comes to cars, and I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. Well, I'm not super genius level on cars or anything for that matter. But um, so here's what here's what I think. Like, I always want to have more power than I need. Sure. So that's just that's just my philosophy in life. Makes sense. I'm all for that. Cheers. (laughs) Yeah. I always you know, when people say, what, what do you need a tank? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I need an attack helicopter. <laughs> I need jet fighters, all of that kind of stuff. But with the real, like realistically looking at it, um, Lola has a Toyota 4Runner that is a V6. And then I have a, um, I have a Rebel, a Ram Rebel that is, uh, is a Hemi. It's a V8. So the thing is, is when you're driving those two things, um, there's a, you can tell the power difference if you just want to get up and move and all that. And what I've noticed with the Rebel, even though it's bigger, heavier, and has that V8 in it, it cuts off cylinders when you don't need it. So it's actually it's actually more efficient than the 4Runner. But that's the 4Runner. I think you might be right, Joe, that maybe uh, Jeep, you know, did better with that technology and what in terms of what they have. It could know. be. Yeah, the 4Runner is still built in Japan, whereas like the Tacoma and the Tundra and stuff like that's built in America. So maybe there's some differences going on there. Um, and I thought you used to be able to get a Tundra in V8, but I don't know if that's still. I thought you. I think you could still get a Tundra now in V8, if I'm not mistaken. I just bought a Tundra last year, and I think it's V8. So at least yeah. the 18 models were. Yeah, I don't know if you can do Tacoma in V8. I don't think you do have that option. Nope. But That's uh, what I'm for. Yeah. I like it. And I just, uh, Joe, I know this is going to sound terrible to you. I like when I turn it on and it goes, 
<laughs> awesome to me. <laughs> it makes my day. <laughs> well, my my first car had uh, one of the. It had oh god, it was one of the big block V8s. I had uh, um, a 1978 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Oh wow! And, and that was that was that was my first car. Uh, my dad bought it brand new, and um, and uh, he wound up giving it to me. I had to put a new set of tires on it. Um, and uh, and, and well, hold on. Other work I need to look, to look up the years. 78. I need to look up the 78 Coupe de Ville. Wait a second. Oh man, it it was a boat. It was a boat, but you know what? I love that car. It was my first car, and I just I had a ton of fun with it. Um, what, it, it color, just, what color was yours? It was uh, like a a bluish sea foamish type. Oh yeah, the baby blue. Yeah. Yep. The, oh, that the, looks the cool, man. That's gangster. It was gangster. It was awesome. I, I rocked that today, man. Hell man. yeah, man! man I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wish it was I wish it was still around when I was uh, I don't know I, it was right around when I was nineteen um, I don't remember exactly when when I was nineteen but uh, I wound up a construction truck wound up hitting me mm. and um, or I hit it theoretically but e- either way it was their fault it wasn't mine and uh, completely totaled it I mean it like just the the construction truck let me just put it to you this way when it pulled out right in front of me on the interstate. It like, boom, like right out, like boom. Um, it took, it was one of those big dually things. It literally took, here's the vehicle. It took the one axle and the entire back end and crushed it in wow. half. Wow. How hurt did you get in that? Um, a little bit, not bad actually. I mean, I was generally speaking, I was pretty, I was, and, and the front of the, the, the front of that Cadillac, while it was messed up, it didn't look that bad. Not compared to this dually. Well, yeah, you were in a caddy. I mean, a caddy is pretty is pretty solid. It was a tank. Oh, yeah. and yeah, and so bodies too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't remember how much insurance gave me for it. Like, I don't know, maybe like eighteen hundred or two thousand dollars, whatever it was, because they totaled it out. Um, but uh, you know, there was no way you could replace. A, you know, it was a great car. I mean, there was nothing yeah. wrong with it. You know. Yeah, no, that's a nice that's a nice car. My first car was a um, 1985 Honda Prelude stick shift. There you go. That I, you know, I mean, I bought it myself. Everything. Uh-huh. My, my dad gave me one driving lesson in his 1986 Hyundai Excel, and then he was like, "Yeah, you're gonna burn out my clutch. You're on your own, kid." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go, um, like you know, go to the driving school and rent their car and do all that kind of stuff. And then I got a um, 1985 Honda Prelude, which got totaled in like a couple of weeks. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So what was yours? <laughs> uh, my first car was a 1965 Mustang. Uh, my grandfather had died when I was 13 and left me like $2,500 earmarked for my first car. And so obviously you, when you're 16 years old, you want a new car and it wasn't the greatest, but I had it for gosh, 20 years and I finally right. sold it eventually. But it's a 1965 uh, Mustang and it was, it was, wow. my, it was my baby. It was so my you baby. fixed it up? I fixed it up as much as I could. I mean, you know, we didn't like restore or anything, but we put new interior in there, added a dual exhaust to it, it had 289 uh, engine in it, obviously. And um, we got a new paint job and we made it to where it was. It looked good and it ran well. Yeah, that was a cool and man. It was, yeah. it was a cool car, but we did. It wasn't by no means was it restored or, or show level, but we did. We, we made it the best we could with, you know, limited funds, you know. 
Mm-hmm. No, that's a badass first car, man. You can't knock that. Oh, it was, it's uh, there's every day I still kind of kick myself and I wish I would have kept it. But uh, the good thing is, was it went to my daughter's best friend, and so I knew that she wanted it as her first car, and so I sold to her dad for you know nothing basically, and and so at least it lived on, and it was somebody else's first car, which is kind of cool, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So let me just uh, switch gears for a little bit. Here's something I found in uh, in uh, the truth about guns that I can share with you guys. Hold on. Let me actually throw this up here in the chat for those who are still hanging with us. We're going a little bit late because we had to restart it. We had some technical uh, difficulties here. So here's the headline. Superhero mom finds and shoots rapist in her preteens bedroom, blowing off most of his head. Yep. Rock on. Yeah, yesterday in Morgantown, West Virginia, a mother heard some commotion in her 12-year-old daughter's bedroom grabbing a shotgun. She walked upstairs and to her horror found a complete stranger attempting to subdue her daughter. The rapist, surprised by the interruption, turned around. The expression on his, the would-be victim's victim's mom's face was the last thing he saw before the 42-year-old woman fired directly into his face, Mm. blowing off most of his head. As the article states, he died immediately. So when police arrived, they identified the corpse as the body of a 53-year-old registered sex offender. Uh, The mother and daughter are staying with relatives until their home is no longer an active crime scene. The investigation is ongoing, but it's unlikely that any charges will be filed against the mother. This is an article that we're reading just for uh, context. People of YouTube get in a lot of trouble for context. So we're just reading an article here. This is why, you know, the Second Amendment. And she used a shotgun. Nothing. That's totally, you know, that's cool. Yeah. But she was able to save her daughter. I know it's a horrible tragedy. It's like the the fact that they had to go through all that is terrible. You know, they've got to deal with it with all of this kind of stuff. But, you know, things could have been worse there. Mm. Yeah. So, you know. You, you wonder about some people that will take that article and say, you know, she murdered that guy. She's saving her daughter from a registered sex offender. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, the old adage, when you're, when you're needing police, they're only minutes away. Well, this thing is over in yeah. seconds. And that right there. Just is think exactly. of what could have happened to her. She walked. Let's say she walked in. Walk. You walk in on someone, and you have nothing to defend yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And now it's the mother and daughter versus this guy who is like hopped up, you know, on the adrenaline of this horrible thing that he's doing, yeah. you know. Um, and probably, you know, being, you know, obviously being a man, she's a woman, probably outweighs her, etc. You know, all that kind of stuff, bone density, etc. It doesn't matter if he was older than her or whatever it is. This is, you know, this is why firearms are the equalizer in that situation. So, um, yeah, yeah, don't do shit like that and you'll be fine. You know, you'll stay out of getting into situations like this. So, don't want to get your face blown off. Don't try and rape a 12 year old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I figured I'll throw that one in there <laughs> at the end and see what people think about it. Okay. So, you know what? Uh, maybe we should probably wrap up here. I don't know if there's any other things you guys want to get into before we start wrapping up around here. 
Joe. Not that we'll take you down a rabbit hole that will last way too long. <laughs> if you want to go down a rabbit hole in the next five minutes, that'll be a fast rabbit hole. We could do it if you really want to do it. A lot more than a five-minute rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I understand. Maybe we'll save it for the next time. I think it's been a good conversation. Time's yeah. gone really fast. Uh, maybe we, we'll uh, start with Joe. Joe letting us know what things are going on out there, what the folks out there can do to support you. Sure. Well, I appreciate it. Um a great thing to do is sign up for the newsletter, 13cgunreviews.com. Uh, there's links in most of our recent videos to the newsletter as well. Uh, we're going to be giving away, uh, I think we got five, six weeks, something like that left. Uh, we're going to be giving away a Geisley SSP trigger, thanks to Geisley. Um, so please sign up for that. Uh, we got new videos coming out every week. So uh, definitely uh, check that out. And um, that's it. You know, the, the, the biggest thing you can do to be at me or Ghost Tactical or Hank, uh, if you see one of our videos pop up and you enjoy the content, hit the like button, share it if you can, um, and, uh, and leave a comment. Uh, you know, comments are, are great for engagement. You know, it's something that be it Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they all use that engagement quotient. So even if you're, you know, even, even if you don't have time to share or you don't want to share all of our videos, which is awesome. I get it. No worries there. Uh, drop a quick comment on there. Uh, you know, it helps let us know some people seeing it and bumps up that engagement. That's the best. That is a huge thing you can do. If you want to support a channel, the best thing you can do is to like and share if you can, and then definitely leave a comment. That's, that's king. I mean, that's better than sending out whatever, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a huge support. If, even if you don't think it is, it's a huge help. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe is on uh, Facebook. I think you're mm -hmm. on Twitter as well. Um, yeah. Instagram. I know you do a live show on Instagram Friday nights. Yes. Friday. Uh, fr thank you. Uh, Fridays, uh, Fridays with 13 C Friday night at eight central. So, uh, that's nine Eastern. So right after Hank's done, um, at nine o'clock switch over, uh, to us on Instagram, we're on anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. Um, and we basically just cover questions. It's a Q and a type session. We'll have guests on sometimes and just kind of blow through stuff uh, that way. It's a good way to bounce back feedback for upcoming ideas. I incorporate a lot of questions that we have in upcoming videos. I think it works out pretty well. Okay, um, awesome. I, I, I'm honest, I'm, I don't, I'm not changing it or have any plans to, but I keep thinking in the back of my mind, I might need to move that date off of Friday because I know a lot of people are busy on Friday nights, but uh, that's something to talk about further down the road. Yeah, absolutely. So Tackett says, uh, thank you guys for taking your time to um, so often to do these live videos. I echo that. Thanks to both. Thanks to both of you guys. Trey, uh, tell the folks out there how to, how they can support you and what kind of things you have going on. I just, like I said, I, I'm really big into trying to get people to get out to the range, be more proficient with their firearm and taking someone new with them and, and introduce them to a safe environment. And maybe that helps change their minds. And while you're out there, go ahead and turn your cell phone on and record it and, and put some content out here because the more, pro-gun content that we flood the internet with, they're going to have to acknowledge us and, and quit kind of banning us and, and censoring us. So turn the camera on. Uh, if you really want to get dumb and you're really going to want to waste some time, then yeah, I'd love to have come check out my stuff. Uh, Ghost Tactical, I'm everywhere. I mean, I'm on GunStreamer, YouTube, I mean, everywhere. The best way to go is probably go to uh, my website, ghosttacticalproductions.com, and have all of my links there for every platform. The new podcast is out there. So, guys, I hope you enjoy that. But most importantly, guys, get out there and shoot. Exercise your Second Amendment right and take someone new with you because maybe we can convert them to uh, allies instead of foes. Absolutely. Spread the freedom. That's right. That's yeah, right. check out the show. And and Joe's throwing up some guns there. What are you throwing up, Joe? This is the CMMG oh, Mutant. Mutant. 47. 
Looking the good. AKS 13. Look at that badass muzzle device on there, that crink style device. Anyway, this is one of the latest videos that went up. There's full videos on this uh, uh, that's been up for a while on YouTube anyway. But uh, with that whole PUBG thing, uh, them dropping it off. Uh, and let me know what you think if you play PUBG. I mean, I, I really don't have any experience with it, but I tried to go through what people gave me comments on and what research I could find on it. Um, so let me know what you think. If you guys uh, think, you know, I'm considering doing like some kind of series like uh, – guns from games in real life something like that because this is literally almost the exact same cover photo that they use is what you see right here that basically i have it set up oh so, sweet um, okay cool yeah awesome trey and what 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 gun are you showing off right there it is uh it's something simple uh, it's one of my favorites uh, it's just literally i had it right here but it's the bretta cx4 uh storm nine yeah. millimeter carbine mm-hmm. um like i said this is a fun little uh gun to shoot and we're talking about guns and games this is on a lot of games they call it many different things but they i know this is on um what is it called um rainbow six siege because this is the gun that the young man shot he says i i use that in the game so i know this is on there but uh, this is uh, this is one of my little favorite little carbines it's fun to shoot it's a great all oh, there. Now you've got that going on so <laughs> you guys are talking about game guns <laughs> oh yeah there yeah, oh, you guys are talking about game Let's guns. see it. Hold it up there. What? FS2000. That's that's. I'm sure that I guarantee you that's in a in a couple of video games oh, yeah. right there. I wish I would have bought one. Throw that when CDNN had that big clearance on him. God. Yeah, I got this from uh, someone who's probably in the chat right now. Special K, and it's got the flashlight in it. He he, uh, you know, put this uh, flashlight. Thingy nice. on there. So there you go. All right. So there we go. We've shared some guns with the folks. You didn't miss out on the Gorn. Uh, thanks to these guys for coming out here. Make sure you follow these guys, subscribe to them, uh, support what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. I want to thank everyone in the chat for being here. I want to thank all the people who support us on Patreon. It's Patreon slash Hank Strange for myself. Ghost, uh, what is it for you? Uh, Ghost Tactical Productions on, 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 on YouTube. Patreon. It's just oh, Patreon. Patreon. Oh, Patreon. It's just Ghost Tactical. Ghost okay. Tactical. Cool. Yeah. Joe, what is it for you? Uh, I, I actually don't have a Patreon yet. I keep getting asked, but instead of supporting me on Patreon, like, share, and comment on all my content. Doesn't Absolutely. cost you anything, yes. but it's a huge yes. help. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got it there for the folks who want to help us out. It does help so, us out, helps us keep yeah, the lights awesome. on and stuff I, like that. I think that I may have that. to do that too at some point, just because of the way all the stuff is going, but I still work a full-time day job though. So, yeah. you know, the, the content creation side is still on the second tier for me so I, I there's no way i could follow your production st- schedule and have a full-time job i couldn't do it. <laughs> no i know i know it's not easy it's not easy all right so i want to thank everyone out there we'll see you guys tomorrow uh who, who do we have tomorrow why is it slipping my brain um oh sarge yes so, uh c4 is coming on c4 defense and i'm trying to think i think it might just be sarge i'm not sure i think someone else is coming on we'll we'll, we'll have some cool guests here tomorrow you guys should come Hang out with us again tomorrow. Um, Thanks a lot to the Osprey Defense folks and everyone else. ATI Outdoors. uh, You know, of course, cannot forget about Safety Harbor Firearms because Walter's probably, he's probably watching somewhere in the background right now. Andrew's Custom Leather. And of course, you know, our ammo sponsor, Fort Scott Munitions. We appreciate those guys. We will see you all tomorrow. We're out of here. Peace. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Peace.